what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm excited to jump into this subject with you today. I want to talk about healing. I've had the privilege this semester of teaching the class uh, at River University on Christ the Healer. And um, uh, it's a pretty big class, as you can imagine. It's fitting uh, one of the main doctrines of the Bible into an uh, eight-week class. But this today's class really stood out to me. And um, so I want to do kind of a hybrid of the notes from today's class uh, and then bring it into prosperity as well. So I believe this is really going to help you. Um, but we were covering the the reasons why uh, why it is the why it is God's will for you to be healed now, and this was one of the reasons. And the reason is the because of the unchanging fatherhood of God. And so, if uh, um, you're using your Bible, Psalm 103 verse 13 says, "Like as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities them." that fear him. Like as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities them that fears him. Well, what does that have to do with healing? Well, you know, when you hear people preach uh, to counteract wrong doctrine of, yeah, you know, God put this sickness on me to teach me a lesson. You know, God's using this to strengthen my faith in him. And I believe the Lord allowed this to come on my body so he could be glorified. And people have these doctrines. One of the things that people refute it with is they'll say, which is correct. They'll say, well, what type of God, what type of father would God be if he did that? He's a good father and he loves us. And, uh, and I'm, as a father, I don't want my kid to be, um, to be sick. So why would God want that? But there's always been this like open door in the back of that argument, because if you don't have a scripture to back that up, then people say, well, that's just human thinking, thinking, you know, his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts than our thoughts. And people use that scripture in Isaiah, that's Isaiah 55, 9 and 10. His ways are higher than our ways. You know, we don't understand sometimes. And so people get this idea of God that he's up in heaven and he's got this, uh, he loves us and you know, he's love and he's good. But then every once in a while, he'll do something terrible just to be able to uh, for, for some other purpose. And that's okay because he's good. And so you may look at that and say, that's not good, but it's good in the grand scheme of things. So that disease that you've got in your body, that pain that you have 24 seven, it's bad. You may think it's bad, but really it's good because it's drawing you closer to God. But there's like, we, we wonder what, what good means with God. You know, it's pretty easy. If you, if you ask my three-year-old, well, he's coming up on three now, but my two-year-old, what's good and what's bad, I would say is being, uh, having joy good or being sad good? Well, joy is is being sick good or being healthy good? Well, healthy is good. Is being having more toys or less toys good? More, more toys. Having an abundance is better. But then with religion, those things get complicated. But this scripture really undoes all of that. I love this scripture. Like as a father, you know, God here compares himself to a human father. And so he says, in the same way, a natural father, an earthly father, pities his children. So the Lord pities them that fears him. You know, if my two-year-old gets sick, there's pity in my heart and there's compassion in my heart because I love my child and I don't want to see them suffer at all. If I had a choice, they would be they would be healthy for the rest of their days. If I had a choice, they would not lack. If I had a choice, they would eat every meal that they choose to eat as long as they're not choosing to fast. <clears throat> but there would be no lack. They would never be in a position where they want to go out to eat, but they can't go out to eat because they don't have money. They want to they want to be able to bless their family, but they can't because they don't have money. So he says here, like as a father, a natural father pities his children. So the Lord pities them that fear him. And then if you go to Matthew uh, chapter seven, and this is Jesus who reiterates the same thing. Matthew chapter seven and verse nine, he says, 
Uh, Or what man is there of you whom, if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven good give things to them that ask him? And so here again, you have been born of an evil nature, and you know how to give a good gift. You know how to judge what is good and what is bad. You know how to judge. Now, this isn't like the junkies, like, hey, more weed is good. I'm talking about things that are within the bounds of the scripture, right? We know that sin is bad. We know that God's grace is good. There's things that we know, right? But at the same time, we can distinguish what is good and bad. It says, if you then, being evil, know how to give a good gift Hey, is, is, is a used tea bag a good gift? No, it's not a good gift, right? Is a, is a pain in the kneecap a good gift? No, it's not a good gift. If you then, and so God brings it down on our, our level to our judgment. If your judgment on what's good is good and you have not had a good, give a good gift, how much more? And so Isaiah 55, 10, people really have taken the low road on that scripture. I'm seeing this more and more that there's, you, people read scriptures and then they can take the high road or the low road. And I'll give you an example. The Bible says that when Jesus said when he was leaving, he said, these works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. Religion takes that scripture and says, well, yeah, you know, the greater works is salvation. And I agree, salvation is more important than, than healing. It'd be better for someone to get saved and stay sick and go to heaven than get healed and not get saved and go to hell. But you can have both. So the low road is, oh, the greater work is salvation, and we're doing greater works. Well, it says the same works that you do. So those people who talk like that don't even talk about, okay, I am supposed to raise the dead. I am supposed to open the eyes of the blind. And then um, the high road is that the greater works is, is greater miracles. And you say, well, how is that possible? Well, look at the life of Peter. Jesus, in his ministry, we have a couple records of Jesus, someone touching the robe the hem of his garment and being healed. Well, what about the people who were paralyzed from the neck down that couldn't touch the hem of his garment? Under Peter's ministry, they were people brought the sick and they lined the streets with them and Peter's shadow passing over them healed them. That's greater than the hem of the garment. That needs no touch. That means you just happen to be laying there and the, the shadow of Peter conducted the anointing. That's the greater works that Jesus was talking about. Peter did the greater works and we have record of that, Jesus doing the greater works. But so Jesus said this, these good gifts. So people say, well, his ways are higher than our ways. Yes, his ways are better than our ways. Where, where, where Peter was willing to cast out a net to get some fish after he had told on it and caught nothing and he let Jesus use his boat. Jesus saying, my, my higher ways is to, is to give you two, two, cast out your nets and then we'll load two boats full. Uh, when, when uh, Jesus wanted to multiply the fish and the loaves, he had enough. He multiplied it not so everyone could have two bites of, of fish and then a little nor- morsel of bread just to have enough energy to make it home. He multiplied so much that he had leftovers, that there were 12 baskets full. Either he doesn't know how to count or he's trying to prove a point that he's a God of more than enough. He's El Shaddai. The leper came and those 10 lepers came and they were asking God to heal them, asking Jesus to heal them. They came to they came for the purpose of being cured of leprosy. They came and they were cured of leprosy. One man returned simply to give thanks and Jesus made him whole. He said, your faith has made you whole, which means whole means perfect. 
So his nose would have grown back, his ears would have grown back. That's the high road. That's his ways are higher than us. When we we come for something, he's going to give us something extra as well because he's the God of more than enough. Hey, I didn't know when I got, I thought I was just getting peace with God. I didn't know that I would have peace of mind. I didn't know I'd get my sleep back. I didn't know I'd get healing too. I didn't know that was part of the covenant. Salvation is an all-inclusive package and it's more than we could ever imagine. He's the God of more than enough. His ways are higher than our ways. God compares himself to a natural father, but how much more is he than a natural father? Ephesians 3, 14 and 15 calls him the father for whom all fatherhood in heaven and earth is named. And so God, in the same way, I would never want my children sick in the natural. God, and I would do everything I can to make them feel better. God doesn't want me or doesn't want us sick either. We can lean on his love. You know, faith works by love. And so when you begin to see things through the eyes of love, God's love for us, that the reason why we were even yet sinners, if he, if God didn't have love for us to do it, he wouldn't have sent Jesus to pay for us. And if, and if he was willing to pay for our sin, which, uh, which was actually against him, how much more would he not clean up our body as well? It's like, uh, the man who is beaten up and then, uh, the good Samaritan comes and binds up his wounds and gets him healed, pours in the oil, pours in the wine, gets him back to health. He, he spared no expense to get him back fully. God's a God, the Bible says in Hebrews 7, that he saves us to the uttermost. He's a good father. And then 1 Corinthians 9, 7 says, what soldier goes to war at his own expense? It's the same with it's the same with provision. He's a good father. The Bible says, how, how will he not also with us freely give him all things who, who gave a son up to die for us? Freely give him all things. We serve a God of abundance. And when you go to pray, begin to close with this. When you go to pray, pray with the attitude that we serve the God of more than enough. If you if you uh, were here at the river yesterday, we had the privilege of seeing Brother Jesse Duplantis. This is for, for the history books. This is November. What are we in? November... Um, 28th today. So yesterday was the 27th, and this is the year 2022, the year of our Lord. But Jesse Duplantis came and taught, and he talked about that you don't believe the Lord for needs, you believe the Lord for wants, because um, God will supply your needs according to his riches and glory. And then and then uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So he said, if you're going to pray, pray for a want and not a need, because that means the need's already included. If you need money for clothes, then pray, find out clothes over and above what you need that you want, just additional stuff you don't need, but you would like and start praying for that. Because then by the time that comes, the other stuff would have come as well. And that's the mindset to have that when you go to God, you don't go to God who's stingy and is holding things behind his back. The Lord knows exactly what you need before you ask, and he's got preparation to give you more than enough. He doesn't want to just meet your $800 rent payment. He wants to give you $1,600 so you can give, you can be a blessing to somebody else, and you can treat yourself. He's a God of more than enough. We serve the God of abundant supply. And so it's it's really the attitude of approaching God. Lord, you're such a liberal giver. We don't approach him like, Lord, can you spare a nickel? We approach him like, God, you're the going the cattle on a thousand hill. You've loved me with an everlasting love. You didn't spare any expense to get me. Lord, I thank you. I get to walk in your abundance. Lord, I'm taking hold of your promises today. I'm going to ask you not just for a base car. I'm asking you for upgrades. I'm asking you for money to do things to the car. I thank you, Lord, that, that my insurance is going to be paid in advance a year at a time. I thank you, Lord, I live in abundance. And you get into an attitude of asking the generous God for abundant things and not praying for needs, not praying for just, it's remembering the unchanging fatherhood of God. He spared no expense. So why do we come to him like he's barely got a little bit, Lord, if I qualify for this, can you give me some food stamps, Lord? I'd be very grateful if you just pay for it. The Lord will do it and the Lord will bring you into abundance if you'll let him. 
And then everything, I want to reiterate this because everything's linked to how much you produce for the kingdom. If you're not kingdom minded, if you're not going after souls, if you're not producing for God, then then there's nothing for him to work off because you've, you, you've, you're not a laborer that's worthy of his hire. I'm not talking about fivefold ministry. That's included. But people who are kingdom people, God blesses those people because they're producing for his kingdom. If you're not producing, if you say, yes, I'll go out in the field and you never go, then you don't get paid at the end of the day. So let's be people that get the work done for the kingdom of God. Amen. I love you. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. And thanks for everybody who's been sharing the podcast on your social media. We appreciate it. We love you. We'll see you next time.